Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Addicted to Busy podcast. It has been a minute since I've been here, and I'm so excited to be back. So let's hop right into where we left off. In celebration of one year of podcasting, I wanted to share three challenges and three lessons that I've learned throughout this process. Last episode, we discussed how I feared that my experience might be too ripe for the picking and that in order to move forward, I needed to be willing to be a beginner again. This week, we're going to talk about the fear of saying the wrong thing and how we've got to be willing to get it wrong from time to time. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to close it out with the fear of not staying consistent and how we've got to be willing to drop perfectionism. When I started this podcast, I mainly feared getting canceled. I didn't even have the podcast up on iTunes before my brain was already spinning into the worst case scenario where I said the wrong thing and then all of a sudden the internet hates me. We've seen this play out multiple times on local, regional, state, national, and global levels. There are serious consequences to saying the wrong thing. Now, I don't necessarily agree with cancel culture. I feel like we should take accountability for the ways that we show up in the world. I don't believe that public shaming is a helpful way to create change. I do think that dialogue, brainstorming, and verbal apologies go a very long way. Even as I was writing this episode out, I had to stop myself and go Google if brainstorming was still a politically correct term to use because I'd heard in the past that you were not supposed to use that phrase. I've felt this fear of saying the wrong thing in multiple places in my life. While many people might think that I'm extroverted, I'm actually quite introverted. And if I don't check myself, I can spend a lot of time in my head spinning on whether or not I've said the wrong thing in a social setting. I have held back from sharing ideas or asking questions at managers meetings or client meetings. And I've often felt brushed over by friends or family and didn't say anything about it, which sadly ends up in awkwardness and passive aggressiveness. At times, I don't give the hard feedback that I believe might be useful because I fear that someone will get mad at me for my honesty. And all of this is to say that while our brains think that not speaking up is the better option, sometimes it isn't. It's like hitting the easy button. As a reminder, we're hitting the easy button anytime we're doing something that feels great in the current moment, but is likely to make us feel guilt or shame later. So think of things like, turning into a scrolly poly or emotional eating or snoozing your alarm one too many times in the morning. Not speaking up feels great in the moment because we can stay out of the line of fire, but it usually ends up feeling awful later because we're typically left unsatisfied or resentful. 
It was challenging to get this podcast off of the ground, especially knowing that it would be accessible to anyone at any time. Truth be told, it felt awful getting this podcast launched. Now, don't get me wrong. I was so excited to do this, and I wanted this podcast more than anything, and I was excited for its potential. But the fear of being judged or made fun of was always present. So if we think about this from the context of hitting the easy button, typically the behaviors that get us closer to our goals are the ones that feel awful first, but feel amazing later. So for example, it feels awful in the moment to have to turn down a delicious fresh baked cookie from a resident. However, it feels amazing that night when I lay down to sleep and I'm not bloated or uncomfortable from overeating. Oh, it's the same thing with this podcast. I really had to psych myself up to put it together and get it posted. And there are a lot of mundane, unfun tasks that go into this process. Now, on the flip side, I can't tell you how amazing it feels to hear how this content resonates with other managers. On a few occasions, people have recommended the podcast on their Instagram stories, left reviews, or sent emails sharing how it's helped them. And man, that feels amazing. It was so worth the risk of saying the wrong thing because it's helped property managers start a conversation about how things could be done differently. The goal of this podcast isn't necessarily to give advice. Trust me, you do not want to be taking advice from me. More so, I look at it as a place where we can all share what's been helpful. So that said, if you have any ideas or concepts, please email me. The more we share what's working and the more we try new things, the faster we all get to bring balance back to this crazy industry. The fear of saying the wrong thing didn't pertain to just the podcast. As I've taken on the adventure that is public speaking, I get to experience the fear of saying the wrong thing in a whole new arena. When I record a podcast, I can edit things out. I can re-record as many times as I want. But when I speak at a conference, there are no do-overs. What I said, I said. (laughs) There is no rewind. There is no edit. There is no delete button. In those scenarios, I have to be willing to get it wrong in order to hopefully get it right someday. Just a few weeks ago, I was speaking at the NARPM Staying Alive Conference in Richmond. And for those of you listening who are managing primarily single-family homes, I need to put in a big plug for your local NARPM chapter. You can check them out at narpm.org. That's N-A-R-P-M.org. Anyway, after the session was over, I had the chance to network with vendors and other managers, and I met this amazing manager named Gina. And she asked me why I do what I do. Now, no one had really asked me that before. But the reason why I put together these podcasts and the reason why I choose to speak at conferences, even though it's really uncomfortable, is because the tools that I've learned have helped me live a better life. I remember at one point in my career, I felt so overwhelmed that I was really questioning if I could even do this job anymore. The long hours, the difficult tenants, and the constant juggling of personal and professional life were starting to take a toll on me. I felt like I was drowning and that I couldn't keep up with the demands of my job. Now, if this is resonating with you, listen up. 
because this is where we need to get clear on what the problem is. In most cases, it's not that you cannot do the job. It's not that you're inadequate or it's not that you're incapable. In most cases, the reason you're feeling like you're running your ass off and getting nowhere is because the ways you're spending both your time and your energy are not in alignment with your priorities. And I'll add in there, you may have some habits at work that don't promote true productivity. There's a myth that productivity means doing a lot of things, but true productivity comes down to doing things intentionally and doing them well. If we are judging our productivity based upon how much we do instead of how well we do it, we tend to rush. Rushing increases the chance for errors and miscommunications, which means we end up having to go back to fix things that we did wrong or reiterate what we meant. Doing all of the things does not always save time. In some cases, it actually creates more work for us later. This mindset shift for me completely changed the way I work and the way that I made decisions about what I was going to work on in a day. As I changed the way that I worked and as I changed the way that I made decisions, I started to notice that I felt better about my work. And when I felt better about my work, I was more likely to give myself time and space to take care of myself, which in turn helped me do better work. Once I got a hold of this feeling, it kind of felt like a secret that I wanted to share with every manager. I'd see the ways that property managers' health was suffering, and I just wanted to shake people and say, hey, you have got it all wrong. When you take care of yourself first, you're going to do so much better work. So I wanted to share that message with everyone. I wanted the podcast and I wanted to public speak. But it comes with the great risk of saying the wrong thing and getting roasted by unfriendly people on the internet. I want you to take a minute and just consider this for yourself. What in your life would you like to do or try, but you haven't because it would require you to speak up? What ideas have you kept to yourself because you worried that someone would tear those ideas apart? What suggestions did you hold back because you didn't want to become the subject of someone else's gossip? Personally, I think it's a good thing to have a slight fear of saying the wrong thing. We don't want to fall prey to the Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger effect is a psychological bias where those with the least amount of knowledge have the most confidence in their ability, but those with the most amount of knowledge have the least amount of confidence. So said another way, the Dunning-Kruger effect happens when the loudest person in the room clearly can't see that they don't know what they're talking about, while the most knowledgeable person in the room is the most quiet because the more they know, the more they realize they don't know. A little self-skepticism can be a very good thing. When we are skeptical about ourselves, we're technically evaluating ourselves and challenging our own viewpoints. In essence, we're open to being wrong and we're willing to acknowledge that we might not have all the answers. But where we have to be very cautious is that our self Skepticism doesn't turn into unnecessary self-doubt. When that happens, we start holding ourselves back from new possibilities. When I take a look at my journey to speaking at conferences, I knew what I wanted to share. I knew what worked for me. But I can't take my experience as fact. 
what worked for me may not work for everyone else. So this puts me into a position where I had to rely on research. I had to study more. I had to read more. And most importantly, I needed to be able to take feedback. In most cases, I'm very thankful that I receive positive feedback from the episodes that I've posted. But I have also received feedback from people who either don't agree with something that I've stated and or they didn't understand what it was that I was trying to get at. And that sucks. That's hard because once I post the episode, it's out there. However, I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to receive feedback on my work. And I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to potentially say the wrong thing and have strangers correct me or challenge me because it really only fuels my own growth. Every time that I'm able to look at things from a new perspective, my experience of the world changes and my appreciation of the ways others interpret the world, that deepens. Again, this podcast is not an advice column. It's a space to challenge your own thinking and try new ways of doing things with the intent that you start to get more out of your day. When we think about this in our day-to-day in property management, whether you are working your way up the ladder or whether you're leading a team or whether you own your own company, there is a lot of grace that we can give one another for saying the wrong thing. And I mean this from two different ways. Number one, sometimes we say the wrong thing in a social context. And number two, sometimes we say the wrong thing about a technical issue. So I'm going to give you an example of each. We say the wrong thing in social settings all the time. We all have foot in mouth moments. I once had a colleague who said the absolutely wrong thing to the wrong crowd of people at the wrong time. This manager referred to their administrative assistant as the lowest on the totem pole, right in front of other people who were in that same position. Ouch. Even saying this out loud makes me cringe a little bit inside. Now, I'm not saying that what they said was right. I'm not saying that what they said was wrong. But the reason I bring this example is because that comment followed this manager around for years. The people who were offended by the comment refused to let it go. Years later, they were still talking about it. Now, this is problematic for a number of reasons. First of all, when we don't let it go, We're the ones who are stuck in the negative emotion of reliving that memory over and over again. Second of all, when we hold it against someone that they said the wrong thing, it prevents us from taking into account the ways in which that person might have grown. When someone says the wrong thing and we can't let it go, it's as if we took their worst moment and superimposed it upon all of their future moments. It's almost like we expect them to continue making mistakes or saying the wrong thing because that one moment has defined them in our minds. But it's important to remember that people are not defined by their mistakes and they are not defined by their past actions. We all make mistakes. We all say wrong things at times. What truly matters is how we learn from those moments and grow as individuals. The second place where we can give each other more grace when we say the wrong thing is from a technical standpoint. There are hundreds of technical skills that we have to have as managers, right? We have to be able to read financial statements. We have to be able to de-escalate conflict. We have to be experts in operations. In many cases, our owners expect us to be fortune tellers and our residents expect us to be therapists and or babysitters. All kidding aside, 
sometimes we get it wrong and or we enter into arenas where we don't know what is going on. I know that when I moved from residential management to commercial management, there were so many things I didn't know. And I often felt like the dumbest person in the room. But I'm glad I had that experience. Because of it, I learned how to embrace the four most powerful words that you can speak out loud. And those words are, I do not know. If I could tell my younger self anything, it'd be that you do not have to pretend to know everything. In fact, not knowing is a beautiful thing. I can't tell you how many times I've said I don't know and then had a useful or meaningful conversation follow. If you ask for clarification with the right tone, it does not imply incompetence. In many cases, it can imply curiosity or a willingness to learn. Now, on the flip side, our industry has a lot of jargon. And some of that jargon varies from asset type to asset type or company to company or client to client. So sometimes when you admit that you don't know or you don't understand, it's something that you do know and that you do understand. It's just that the verbiage used is different than how you're used to hearing it. Other times that you say you don't know, it may be because the person you're speaking with is not doing a great job of explaining. And that's not on you, that's on them. You cannot fault yourself for someone else being a poor communicator or a poor mentor. But you can help that person communicate better by calling attention to what isn't making sense to you. In all of these examples, you have to be willing to say the quote-unquote wrong thing. For those of you listening on the podcast, I'm putting wrong in quotation marks here. Within both of these spaces, either saying the wrong thing in a social setting or saying the wrong thing in a professional setting, here's what we have to remember. We cannot control what others think of us. Try as we might, we might have some influence, but we never have full control over someone else's opinion. What we do have 100% full control over is how much grace we give both to ourselves and others. And I don't know about you, but I've always felt more comfortable with people who are gracious, right? The example I gave you earlier about the colleagues who kept gossiping after the comment was made about the admin assistants being the lowest on the totem pole, I really didn't want to be around those colleagues because I knew if I said one thing wrong, it would likely follow me around for years. Now, on the flip side, I had an amazing manager who would give me the most useful feedback after I led client calls. This manager wasn't shaming me for the things that I said wrong, but rather they were coaching me on how to do it better next time. And there's a big difference. I didn't fear making mistakes in front of that person because I knew without a doubt they weren't going to use it as fuel for their next gossip session. I knew that they were saying it as a means to help me grow. So as we close up this week, I want you to start paying attention to the times that you have wanted to say something but didn't. Those moments are powerful. If you take a little time to question what's going on for you underneath the surface, I think you'll surprise yourself with what you find. All right, everyone. Entrepreneurship has been no joke. This is the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. And I would absolutely love to keep this podcast going another year. And I'm hoping that you can help me in that effort. If you love the material and you want to keep it going, there are a few things that you can do. 
First of all, share your favorite episodes with your teammates and your colleagues. This is free and it only takes a few seconds. Second, if you have a few minutes to spare, please write a review on Apple Podcasts. This will help other managers like you find the show and hopefully hear whatever it is that they need to hear so that they too can get a better handle on work-life health balance. If you're looking to do a deeper dive, I encourage you to sign up for our coaching program. Yes, you have to pay for it, but I promise you that you'll get a positive return on your investment of your time and your money if you take it seriously. Plus, you'll get to work with me live, which is a whole other experience in and of itself. Not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. You can decide. And finally, another way that you can support Addicted to Busy is to hire me to speak at your next event. I've worked with various chapters of BOMA, IFMA, NARPM, IRM, NAA, basically any of the property management acronyms you can think of. And I love spreading this work to others, and it'd be a joy to work with your organization. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with you in whatever way you're listening to this podcast. If you're interested in learning more about how to create better work-life health balance and the chaos that is property management, pop on over to anahavliana.com and click get free coaching in the top right-hand corner. That's A-N-N-A-J-A-V as in voice, E-L-L-A-N-A.com. Until next time, I love you. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.